The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, what episode? Was that last episode of the episode where we were giving Doug shit? That was hilarious. Oh, dude. That was so funny. So funny. funny. <laughs> so funny. It yeah. was so funny. And then, so, uh, Doug, are we recording? Good. Oh, Someone tell a story. Okay. It's the worst when you ask that. I have to ask. You, because should, <laughs> you should never ask that. Doug just yeah, knows to have do to that. Splice yeah. you out. Yeah. You just yeah. Don't I don't want. I don't want to. Uh, you ask him that, and then he says, "I feel like I'll bust my yeah. nut quick." And then he's gonna. Oh, oh, wait. Let me record, and then I can't. I anymore. guess we should just always assume if you talk in a mic. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. We should just it's assume right. it's recorded. I think Doug's. I think we only a couple times have missed on that. Since then, anytime he fires these things on for us, he's it's gonna, on. Yeah. He's, on. he's got in the habit. Of well, so this is what Doug did. Doug, when we do our Q and A's. Um, You're gonna have, sell them out again? Well, no, it's a great story. Twice we have. There's an <laughs> eagle sound. Dick. We're gonna kick him wise down. Here. <laughs> there's yeah. an eagle sound that comes along. It comes out, and it's it's the it's Sal the ruthless. It's the qua eagle, the Q and A eagle, and he forgot to put it on one of our episodes, so we teased him about it, and he was really mad. People could you could tell too when you listened to it. <laughs> yeah, the mic is pissed off. Yeah, this fucking guy went back. He's a perfectionist. It, the episode had been up for like. 48 hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I go to, I go to listen to the rest of it because I had only listened to like, you know, up until that point. And uh, it didn't work. I'm like, what? I had to reload it and it came up brand new again. I'm like, this fucker really, t- really took it down and put it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was eating He's you, wasn't it? it. That's what, his, what can I say? It's the curse of perfectionism. Hey, uh, and it's, that's his craft right there. Oh, I, I, I love it. I told you guys, what, what would we do if we got a kipping pull-up that snuck its way into our program? You would freak out it's too. It's a horrible example. Because <laughs> it would never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's how Doug feels about this. Like, this would never but happen. it did happen. It did happen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a horrible well, example. Well, what if it did? What if we were no. going through like, how did this Kipping yeah. pull up, get into it's more like, <laughs> yeah, it's more like we had a video for this. Where they all to go? Uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> he was so angry, but it's all right. It's all right. He was, yeah, that's like, no, that's like, we that's forgive all, him. No, that's got to be the second mistake only like you've made in the entire mind pump. So you have to hammer him a whole nother episode on it. We, I know, to, right? We, we've yeah. Had, yeah, no, that's why I'm going to pick on <laughs> Sal right now. We've had times too where Sal writes his, he names exercises really funny sometimes. Like sometimes they have like, <laughs> You mean accurately? We're going to do the front side lateral raises yeah. side, today, you guys. And, and I'm like, front side lateral no, raises. No, that's not what I said. I said rear laterals. Rear side laterals. I didn't say side laterals. I said rear Laterals. Rear laterals. If you it go, was in writing. Listen, listen. <laughs> I can bring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Listen, if you go, it. if you go in Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia <laughs> bodybuilding, <laughs> this is your reference. So, come on, dude. You can't Which, <laughs> hey, bank everything. By on the Arnold. way, by the way, did you guys see my post? I did. I found it. Is that the original? That's the original. That's wow. awesome, dude. Bro, it, that thing is being held together by a prayer. <laughs> I got it taped, and because I used to read, I must have yeah. looked through that thing. A million times, and I probably read it uh, cover to cover. Hundred sweaty teenage palms. Just Did you, <laughs> Adam? I know you had one of them. Mm-hmm. Did you ever I don't know follow where it's at anymore? Though you don't. No. Mm-hmm. Pages are stuck, it's together. stuck together. Yeah, it's set on my it's coffee safe. table at my house for years. I mean, that was that was, it was that and the mm-hmm. stack of Playboys was like the thing that was on my coffee table for lost your good. lost the encyclopedia. Still got the Playboys. Still had the Playboys. Well, did, did you uh, an order of importance? Did you ever follow Arnold's uh, advanced routine that he listed in the back? I didn't. You never did? No, I didn't. You know what? Like, as hardcore as Well, because I also, you got it as a kid, so it was like yeah. more impressionable for you. I got it because it was like, I want this in my library, yeah. right? You know, that was more what I used it for. It wasn't like. And this, by that time you looked at it, you're like, oh, this is crazy. I don't even, I can't, I don't even think I can claim that I read it from cover to cover like you did either. Really? You know? Yeah, no. Like, yeah, I used it as a reference and thought it was cool or pulled a good day. I mean, one of the best places to find exercises. You want to, you want a book that's just loaded full of. Free weight. I mean, yeah. all the free, all the old school free weight and cable exercises. And there's some Smith machine exercises in there. But that's it. There's no hammer strength. There's no plate loaded except for, uh, excuse me, uh, what do they call weight stack loaded except for maybe leg extension and leg curls. It's all the old school equipment that existed in the 70s and 80s yeah. and nothing else. But most of it's free weights. And a lot of the free weight movements are like forgotten exercises. Yeah, that's why I, lo- I, I loved it. I know? love it. Yeah. Well, I just looked through it yesterday because I had found it. So I looked through it and 
I forgot. I can't. I don't even know the name of this exercise because I've I've only done it a few times and I haven't done it since. But it's uh, it's for shoulders, and you have your arms straight up above your head with your palms facing each other with dumbbells, keeping your arms straight, and you oh, do. Yes, it's almost like a standing fly, but you're going up straight. Great front delt exercise. Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. That is weird. It, it is a weird. Yeah. yeah. It is. I forgot all about that, though. I love that move. I love it. But his workout in there, the advanced program that he has in there, you want to talk about uh, volume and frequency times a million. Like, you're working out twice a day. You're doing 20 sets per body part, and each body part's worked three days a week. So it's like an hour workout in the morning, hour workout at night, and that's how that fucker worked out. You got to fucking get the pump. You want to talk so about nuts. crazy recovery genes. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genes, yeah, yeah. Those guys were yeah. maniacs. And, and that's yeah. still all the genes. That's still the problem that we have in the no industry. So hormone. it started all the way back then <laughs> where, you know, that is, that's the mentality is who can come up with the most grueling, crazy routine and put it out there. And then you have all these people that are trying to follow mm-hmm. it that are just not genetically gifted, that are not, mm-hmm. do not have that recovery ability, nor do they, most people have that kind of time, you know, where they can spend. I remember the first time, like I was really getting into fitness. I was probably my third year or so into uh, personal training. And, you know, I was starting to put some decent size on me. And I remember uh, talking to one of my buddies who was an athlete all through high school and college and you know, he played football and he was all, and when we were kids, he was always like the buff guy. And then I started getting into training. He started, you know, like he got into construction and stuff like that. He started to get smaller. I started to get bigger. And so then it was always like this, us going back and forth all the time. And he looked at me one time and he was just like, dude, I just, you know, I'm, I have a career now, I have a job, I got stuff to do. Like, I don't have time to spend two hours in the gym every day. And I'm like, what makes you think you guys spend two hours two in the gym? Hours. <laughs> yeah, you can be in really good shape, bro, and not spend nowhere near that and nor that many days in the gym. Like, what makes you? Oh no! I, and I don't want to take take all those supplements to be like that. I'm like, dude. Oh, that's uh, a big one. Yeah. But you know, that's the misconception. Everybody everybody sees sees that, and they assume like, oh, I got to take all these supplements, and I got to work out two hours a day, seven days a week. Like, I just don't care enough for that, and so they just kind of put it off as like it's just not for me. Like, dude, fit, right. fitness isn't for me because I've always been into uh, you know lifting weights, and uh, I have a lot of cousins. There's about nine of us, and we're all right around the same age, and we would all hang out together. So this big group of guys. Definitely would get competitive, uh, but we all love each other. You know, great group, like I said. But I was always into lifting weights, and they would be into it sometimes, and sometimes they wouldn't. And so when we when they would come to the gym with me, and I'd you know be stronger than they would be in exercises, inevitably this is what would happen. They'd be like, "Well, if, if I took supplements, I'd be able blah blah blah. I'd be able to lift them." <laughs> or they'd be like, "Hey Sal, yeah, if I took supplements, how big do you think I'd be?" <laughs> right. And you know what's funny? Back then. I didn't really know how to answer because I had no idea that supplements didn't really do shit. Uh-huh. Now, if somebody asks me that, because I still get that question, like, hey, how much muscle do you think I'd gain if I took supplements? I say, well, uh, you talking about creatine or all kinds of supplements? So like, well, just all kinds of supplements. Okay, like, hey, if you took a bunch of supplements, not including creatine, you'd gain zero pounds of muscle. If you took creatine, you'd gain about two pounds of lean body mass, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> and, and a lot of that lean body mass is from increased fluid in the muscle. And Which you know, they should have been saying, oh, man, if I only had that consistency, you know, if I was only as consistent as you. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you actually did a work, you know, worked out consistently? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You yeah, know what I find? Like, all that it is. This reminds me. <laughs> exactly. All that it is. This yeah. reminds me of the number one compliment I feel like I get now being a part of Mind Pump. It, this also reminds me, too, when I was a trainer. Don't you have nice eyebrows? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much that. Um, the right one is nice. No, do you know what? Do you pluck them? Do you guys ever? Do you guys ever remember asking like no? your clients? Like, I, I don't All know right. if you guys did this. I used to do this. I used to ask my clients like straight up, like you know, what is it that keep, especially with someone who's been with me for Sometimes years? I do. You know, why why do you keep resigning with me? What makes you keep continuing training? And, and part of that was I you just, ask your clients that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, bro. That's I, a, <laughs> I, that's almost like like you're hanging out with some girls. Like, so I want to ask you guys, like, what do you think is uh, handsome about me? Absolutely, <laughs> I, I would do that too. You know, the, I think I, I think. No, that's actually smart because you want to know what you're doing right. Yes, I yeah. want to know what I'm doing right. And and the, the the irony in it, though, is I think the number one thing I used to get told as a trainer, so this just totally sucks if you're a guy who prides himself on you know, growing as far as your, your, you know, your knowledge and getting a better trainer, would be uh, I counted really well. <laughs> that was like the number one feedback I got. You, you count really well. And I'm that's like, funny, dude. really? What that's, does that mean? It's like the worst yeah. compliment you could ever give me, right? <laughs> well, then they would go on to tell me, like, you know, I've had other trainers. It was normally someone who's had many trainers before, and they're like, you, you made know. them feel special. Yeah, and they like, I just feel like other trainers. They just tell me what to do, and then they say go and stop. Like, 
you know, I like the fact that you give me a number and you're counting and you're watching and you're keeping me motivated, counting down as I'm going through. Like it you're helps. just connected. Yeah, right. It just it helps me through the workout. So I've now the mind pump thing. So the the, the what's why I told that story is why I keep uh, getting feedback from people like about mind pump, and I like to ask them like, oh, what do you really like about the show? And they're like, I save so much money on supplements now. Everybody <laughs> said like, that. It's like the number one thing. I'm like, like, you mean all what? this, all yeah, the, all the information we give? The, <laughs> the biggest takeaway you have is like, I save so much money on supplements. Listen, stuff. if you, it if, sounds like a Geico commercial. Listen, is. do me a favor. If you're listening and you're saving money on supplements, uh, go to mindpumpmedia.com and check yeah. out our programs because Mind Pump doesn't make shit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we don't. Because supplement companies hate us. Yeah. So support us. Get a program. Yeah, oh, and right. by the way, they're awesome programs. Right. Uh, yeah. No, that's. Do you guys find yourselves coming up with creative ways to count for your client to make it more motivating? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just go one, two, three to ten. You'll go like up to five. You'll be like, okay, only five more. Yeah. Well, you only got a, two more. Yeah. If it's a long, like if it's a 20 rep or whatever, like I'll take like either the, the last five or I'll flip it and I'll do up to 10 and then I'll do 10 down yeah. backwards, right? You're yeah, halfway there. Like five you know, yeah. more. Because like last psych- three, you got this. Exactly. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the psychology of that, you know, like, yeah. yeah, if you're going like five, four, three, two, one, somehow that's easier to take. It's so funny. It's I weird. See, I did not know you guys did that. Yeah. And I, but asking you guys as soon as I asked you, I said, I bet you they do. Of course. Because dude. we've been doing it a long time and it's, it's, Funny, we're, we're awesome. The small trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, only awesome people. Do End stuff of show. Like that. Yeah, uh, it's it's the the um, these little things that you pick up through experience that you find that have some effect on motivation or results, and that's one of them. Uh, like, I'll, I'll tell someone like, if they have six reps left, I'll be like, you have six reps. You know, that's only three plus three. Like breaking it down somehow <laughs> makes people more. <laughs> It's I true. Mean, he can't stop teaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? you know, yeah. He's like, I'm going to give you with arithmetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't have a study for this, but I'm going to hit you with arithmetic yeah. right now. If you didn't Let's know, go that's, into three, social that's studies three times next. two or yeah. seven minus one. Yeah. So you got six more to go. And you know what's happening? They're doing the reps. like, fuck, what's going on? And they forget like, how I'm, hard this, this is. This is awesome. Uh, I'm learning math at the same time with Sal. <laughs> three plus three? I, yeah, I never yeah, thought of that. I don't do that. But what I, you know, I think it's actually an important thing to talk about because this was probably. I would have to say the number one thing that I tried to drive home to trainers that I got the most pushback on. So some trainers, they've, they've got their style or their way of teaching or coaching their clients. And when, I, when I'd inherit these guys or girls, they, uh, they wouldn't want to break that. And they would think that's such a simple little thing and, and they wouldn't care enough to do it. And I would try and beat it into them that, listen... You have no idea that it's the smallest little thing for you to do that, and it matters so much. And even though the client's not telling you that, yeah. as the boss, like I get this feedback, I know this. You got to trust me that you got to well, count. Yeah, this is like this is very ego, very much an ego thing, like for trainers because like you don't you don't want to. I don't know. There's there's sort of like this this weird uh, uh, thing when you see another trainer counting, like oh he's fucking counting, you know. <laughs> and I got a lot of shit for that too because I, I counted, you know, for my clients and. You know, it was a little more vocal, but then like in another environment where like none of the trainers are counting, you know, and all that. I bet right over to your other place, I bet nobody does. Nobody that does. No, no, nobody does that. So because but it's, it's just like like you said, like the client likes it. Yes. So you know what the hell does it matter? You know, with all these other. It's because of the old think. stigma that oh, a trainer just counts for you. That's all a trainer. That's does. what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's here's the thing. What you're really doing is you're giving them feedback. You're showing them that you're watching and that you're connected to what they're doing. It's no different than when someone's talking to you. One of the best things you can do is you can uh, nod your head or give them some kind of feedback that you're connected to what they're saying. Yeah. Eye contact is part of it, but the other part of it is like someone's talking to you, just you kind of nod along or you smile or you give them a little bit of nonverbal feedback because it makes them feel like you're paying attention, you're involved. When you're counting for your client, a lot of that, that that's a lot of times what you're doing. Like, they're, oh, he's watching me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I actually think it's more of this. I don't think the trainers do, don't do it because of those reasons. I think they don't do it because they think it's not as important. And there's there's some truth to the argument. So especially when you talk about trainers like Justin's. Justin has a lot of educated trainers in the facilities. Yeah, those are very high caliber yeah, trainers. Yeah, super intelligent guys. Yeah. So it's not a lack of them. Uh, not thinking that it's it, it's more like they think that it's, it's a not pride thing. It it is, and, and to them it's not important, right? Because I'm watching their form, and I see yeah. if, if it starts to deviate, then I tell them one more, or and I just keep them going like that. And so they they feel like the way they're doing is a better method, and I understand their, that perspective because that's what I used to deal with. 
But that's also why I think it's always important. And there's here's the juggle as a trainer. We know what's best for the client. We have our goals. We have the things that we think they should be doing. But we are still in a service business. Mm-hmm. So there still has to be this this fine line that you walk of what doing what you know is best for the client and then also finding a, way, a, a medium that, okay, I know they like this or they want this. How do I juggle that? And I think a really good trainer knows how to do kind of both. And those that are well, it's so a good, it's a good point because you bring up service like that's why a lot of times like you're you have to really read the person and you have to read them when when they're first coming to you. And like you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're meeting their expectation and you're you're exceeding it. And so uh, like I'm not going to be like super abrasive as far as like if they have an idea of like, like well, you know, my. I used to like train really hard and this, I'm like, okay, you know, I understand that. Like I'll, I'll take them through like something that's like, you know, they might have some familiar feel to it, but it's not at that level, you know? So it's like, I know that they're into that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just take it away because I know it's like an addict. You can't, you can't just take it cold Turkey. If you've been training, this is the hardest part of being a trainer. This is literally the hardest part is being able to, to do what you know that they need while, uh, giving them kind of what they want. Right. Um, I'm experiencing this right now at the gym that I uh, that I train at, the place that I used to own. Um, there's a trainer that comes in, in there, and I don't want to. You, you know who he is, Justin, but I'm not going to put his name out because I didn't tell him I would. Mm-hmm. But he's an excellent trainer. He's a very very good trainer, especially when it comes to strength. You know, building strength and and you know foundational kind of power. Because mm. I observe, I always watch other trainers. I'm always trying to learn. And this guy knows his shit. And he's training a young lady that's com- that's competing in the pageant world. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, been in the pageant yes, world before. Okay. Right. Fucking nightmare, by the way. Worst worst uh, industry that I've ever worked in or serviced in my entire life, which is a whole other, another story. But anyway, he's training this young lady. And she's only, I believe she's 19 or 18 years old. And she's a pageant competitor. So she came in very deconditioned, right? Didn't eat properly. Was just about being skinny. And he's an excellent trainer. So he's having her deadlift and squat and overhead press and use kettlebells and she's <laughs> building strength. And she came in, first off, very underdeveloped posterior chain. So glutes and hamstrings were, uh-huh. were poor. She had a strong anterior pelvic tilt. Shoulders are forward, kind of look, just you could tell she's deconditioned. Mm-hmm. After training her now, he's been training her now for months, her glutes developed, hamstrings developed. Her waist is tighter. Uh, her posture is better. I I bet you she's either the same weight or even heavier, even though she's leaner now because she's put muscle on. Mm-hmm. So he's training her. She's getting stronger. She's getting legit strong. I mean, nineteen year old girl. She's I saw her pull two hundred pounds uh, oh, with wow. a deadlift. So she's getting wow. strong. Wow. And her mom comes in and works out there. And her mom came in and she, her mom trains with the new owner. So they're working out together and they always talk, right? And I hear her mom say this. She goes, yeah, you know, my daughter, you know, she's she's enjoying her training, but her dresses don't really fit anymore, and she's kind of getting too big in the hips, and, you know, uh, maybe uh, you should talk to so-and-so trainer. He needs to change his training because she needs, she, she needs to be smaller, not bigger. Now, mind you, she's not bigger. She's smaller because she's leaner. She just has more muscle now, and yeah. she looks like she works out now. And by no means does she look like a female bodybuilder in any sense. She doesn't even look like a bikini competitor at this point. She just looks fit and healthy now. Mm-hmm. But you hear the mom complain about that, and it's like, oh, you got to deal with that now. Like, how do you deal with how that you- parent or that person? It's like, okay, no. The, you, where your mind at is completely wrong. Right. And I, I know what you think you want, but that's shit. Yeah. And so we're going to go, this like, what do you do with that? Ah, yeah, you know? how do you counter that? Because that's... Uh, every, anything that she wants is going to be an unhealthy solution. You know? Completely. Like, like what are you going to do? Like... Put her through shit tons of circuits and have her run and starve herself, dude. And so wear that corsets she, and do all that, like, yeah. Bullshit. She'll look worse, and uh, she'll have she'll get at nineteen years old. You'll destroy her metabolism. Uh-huh. And by the way, her mom has a completely unhealthy relationship to food and alcohol because I can I can hear how she talks about it. So I'm like, this is this is a bad situation. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's good. just bad all around because yeah. then you know, and then, and then she's so vested in her, like it's like she's trying to develop her daughter in a certain way. It's like, no, let her make Dude, her decisions. Let me know? tell you about that it's world. Like, ah! I trained a competitor, a local competitor um, in pageant, uh, in the pageant world. And she did very well uh, with my training. And I had to reverse a lot of horrible habits um, it is uh, like starving yourself, bulimia, 
you know, binging, purging, very, it's very prominent in that whole world. It's, it's like an, it's like a secret underground secret. Mm-hmm. Um, a, there was a doctor that a lot of them would go to and he would prescribe them, you know, uh, drugs that would suppress their appetites. These are, these are teenage girls. Yeah. Um, I was blown away and I told her, if I'm going to train you, you do any of that shit, I'll stop training you. If I think, if I see your performance drop at the gym because I think you're starving yourself or I can tell you're taking, you know, drugs or whatever, um, I'm just not going to train you anymore. So she stuck it out. Anyway, she did well. So then everybody's like, who's your trainer? This guy over here, you know, Sal. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting invited to do these fitness seminars for these girls. So I was already like, I don't want to get in this industry because I'll just piss everybody off. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. If I see something unhealthy, I'm telling them. Yeah. But I agreed. I went and did a fitness sem- uh, a seminar for them. And you're talking about girls between the ages of 14 to 17. Okay. So I'm talking about. Right in your wheelhouse. I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> fu- I mean, this is horrible when you say that. Just, I don't know my coffee. <laughs> just the coffee just came out. Just <laughs> just came out my nose. So I'm doing this seminar. And they're, they're all there with their moms and their parents. It's all moms and daughters. So I'm doing their, you know, going over nutrition, talking about proper nutrition, talking about. And, uh, you know, showing them exercise and why you want to build muscle. One of the mom raises her hand in the back because it's the Q&A part, right? She raises her hand. She's like, yeah, can you uh, please explain to the girls why uh, that apples also have calories and that you don't want to always, you don't want to eat an apple all the time because it's just, it's got calories in it. Oh and I'm God. looking at this. Yeah. And I'm looking at her and <laughs> I was like, hmm. You can excuse yourself. Do I drop kick her? Yeah. So I told her, I said, well, I said, here's the deal. I said, we're dealing with teenage girls. I said number one, number two. Can you overeat apples? Yeah, but it's pretty hard. You'd have to have a like a like a really serious poor, apple addiction. You'd have to have a serious <laughs> apple. And I said, but I said, what are you doing over there, Adam? Oh, I'm having an apple. How many you had today? Well, it's twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so like I, a woodchuck. I told the mom. I said, these are your te- these are these. I said your kids are all teenagers. I said uh, the the vast majority of what they learn through nutrition is not going to be through me. It's going to be through watching how you guys eat. And I looked at the mom who was obese. And uh, by the way, most of these mothers were pretty massive. I think she they were has like six, sixty yeah. apples a day. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, then afterwards, <laughs> dude. I afterwards a the, trough. Every, when everything was over, one of the moms walks over with one of her daughters, who's like fifteen years old, and she goes, "Oh, Sal, thanks, great seminar." She goes, "So can you help my daughter because she needs to lose more of this?" And she grabs her daughter's like midsection and squeezes oh, it. Oh no! And she needs to lose this, and she grabs her inner thigh. Oh my god! So I said, uh, "I said, you know what? I said, let me talk to you separately." Yeah. I'd like to talk to you to kind to give you some and I told her I, gave, I told her exactly how I felt and I said you are uh, creating major uh, body image issues with your daughter I said if you ever ask a question like that to me again and grab your daughter like that again I said I'll embarrass you and I left and guess who never got invited back to do another fitness <laughs> seminar <laughs> okay moving along from that yeah. trainer yeah that's why we don't do any more corporate events yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know speaking of, um, of relationships uh, with food yeah, yeah what a great topic that to kind of get into one. it's been a while since we talked yeah. about that you know I think um, it's funny because uh, for me I don't know if you guys noticed this but fasting properly really helped me with that yeah. did you guys notice that yeah, yeah. That, that's the first thing that really showed me it enlightened me as far as like how much do I really need to be eating A and then also like this the whole rituals behind food and like how like we're so marketed that it has to be, you know, in this order and it has to be this way. And and we, we build and develop our entire day around these eating schedules. It's crazy. It is for the, and we have to say this. I think the reason why we've had such an impact from fasting is because our poor relationship with food was not under eating. It wasn't like we were starving ourselves. Let's get it out of there. Yeah. I ate a lot of Carl's Jr. Yeah, we we overate <laughs> uh, in college, and we overate frequency. Like we ate, you know, six, seven, eight meals a day, and we ate a lot. So fasting helped correct that for us because you wouldn't recommend fasting to someone who doesn't eat. Well, I think that's important. <laughs> like, you're already doing it because I think someone who's listening, <laughs> who's never, ex- down. who's never experienced it or has never uh, even attempted to do any sort of fasting at all. Is probably listening, going like, "Well, how the fuck does that help you with a relationship mm-hmm. food?" That sounds like mm-hmm. a starving your body sounds like a weird thing, to right? Do. It's a great point. So I think it's important to understand that first of all, uh, and I just said it right now, starving your body, you're not, you're not starving. No, the there's body. a proper way to do it. Yeah, th- there's a proper way to do it. Um, the body, and this is like why it was so big for us. Like Sal just said, I was the guy who was so afraid that if I didn't have something to eat every few hours. 
my body would just tap into muscle and start burning muscle up. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way because I felt like I looked that way too. And what I mean by that is I I could go like a day where I just got busy, you know, and I fell off my routine of eating my six to eight meals a day and making sure everything's regimented out all right. So, and then the next day I'd wake up and I would have this, I would look like, I, well, one, I would lose weight. I would have lost a couple pounds on the scale and I would look flat. I look like I've, I look like I have less muscle on me. But in reality, it has so much to do with what's going on water weight wise. And, and that was getting in my head. And for a guy who was trying to build muscle, that was enough for me to get scared to death. You know, like, oh, my God, look at one day, one day of missing some meals. Look what happened to me. Exactly. Imagine if I did a couple days of this, like, this is just, I got to make sure I get my meals. And so I used to preach to that all the time. Got to get your meals. Got to make, don't miss your meals. Every two to three hours, get my meals, get my meals. Or else this, this, the muscle would just go right off my body. And uh, it took a long time for me to break that. And it took me uh, to really dive into intermittent fasting uh, and do a lot of reading and research on it and go, okay. And then not only doing that, but then it, uh, like biting the bullet saying, okay, not only am I going to just attempt to do this, I'm going to incorporate it for a while and really start to pay attention to how my body responds. And when I realized that, okay, I wasn't just losing muscle overnight. In fact, you know, after a couple of weeks go by of me implementing fasting on a regular basis, I started to notice like, wow, I'm actually just losing body fat. And as soon as I would refeed the body full of calories, I would fill right back out. So it wasn't muscle that was falling off my body. My body was burning fat. It wasn't uh, burning muscle up. That's exactly the experience I had. It's like as soon as I tried it, I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to eat all the time to build muscle and uh, I actually started even getting better results in the gym. Well, yeah, right. That's that was the stuff that was really the performance aspect. Yeah, yeah, that was huge for that, me, especially to to train uh with intensity, like not just on on a day where I'm on a lower to moderate intensity, but on a like a high intensity type of a day where I'm doing these heavy compound lifts. I was a little bit like nervous about it. Like I I was always thinking that well, I need to have some kind of carbohydrate to really drive me through this and uh, provide the type of energy I need to uh, to produce enough of, of to perform well to to get through this lift. And uh, you know, so just stepping outside of of my comfort zone, decided to start doing it. And um, you know, there was a couple there was a couple that it took for me to to really realize that, like, oh my god, like, no, I have just as good energy and then the more frequently i did it i had even more energy so it was a trip i was just this, like how know, does this work this reminds me of when i get um a non-fitness client because i think the problem of eating too much and too frequently is really relegated to the ho- people who are pretty hardcore into fitness right but the average person I, I this reminds me of like a client like a female client that will come in and i'll have her eat more um and she's afraid because she thinks she's just gonna blow up and then all of a sudden she does it and then we check her body fat and it's like, oh, you went down half a percent, but you gained a pound of muscle and you're stronger in the gym. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I didn't gain all this body fat. Mm-hmm. Like this is crazy. And you can see that relationship to food uh, within them switch at that very moment. Like yeah. at that very moment they realized, holy shit, uh, I, I'm not going to blow up like I, like I thought I would. I have someone I'm helping, I'm helping right now. She's actually a, a forum member. I'm, I kind of helped her privately a little bit. And, um, she's been staying at uh, like around 1300 calories and she keeps, she checks in with me. Like, should I do, what should I do next? Should I drop? She's trying to get leaner. Should I drop? And I told her, I said, okay, how's your performance in the gym? She's like, I'm stronger. Uh, I feel better. Do you, she's like, I'm like, how's your weight? She goes the same. I said, but how do you look? She goes, I think I'm getting leaner. She's like, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to add hundred calories every single day next week. And I'm, I'm pretty sure she tripped out for a second that yeah. I said that. She's yeah. probably expecting me to bring it down a little bit. She had like a shock. Yeah. Because, because again, it's that relationship to food that you develop um, that you know becomes unhealthy and it can go in, in either direction. Another, the other breakthrough for me with food was paying attention to things that, were, that had nothing to do with my weight or body fat percentage or muscle. You know, paying attention to things like uh, my skin. You know, like uh, I would get every once in a while when I take a, especially a hot shower, I'd get like some, I'd get some hives, random hives on my body. Mm. And I didn't know what the fuck it was. I, didn't, I had no idea. Usually it wasn't herpes, but. Yeah, it was probably, <laughs> I'm like, do I have an STD again? It's only once a year. But I, I, I realized it was when I ate certain foods uh, that would cause me to have, I, that I would have an intolerance to. And when I'd remove those foods, I didn't get those hives. Now, uh, those foods, for, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, are uh, egg whites. Okay. Now, I love eggs. So. I for a second I said, well, who cares? 
It's a little bit of hives, no big deal. And then I said, you know, I should pay attention to these responses that my body's having because it's it's got to have – that's just the visible mm-hmm. thing that I can see. There's got to be other things that are happening uh, under the surface that I might not be able to, to identify. So why don't I avoid egg whites for a while um, and see what happens? And sure enough, um, digestion was better, less bloat, and um, I feel better when I don't eat egg whites um, performance-wise. So that was a big one for me too, was just paying attention to those other signs. That, that I see. well, that's a great point because this is something that I try and coach to a lot. Is you know it's tough because when I when I virtually coach, I'm asking for daily weight from people, so I'm asking them to weigh themselves, which kind of goes against my philosophy of training that it's weight is not an issue and weight is not what I want you paying attention to. I use it as like an indicator for me on whatever I'm doing, whether I'm adding food or calories and I don't want to see this huge fluction weight. I want to see him kind of main he or she maintain a little bit. So I'm using it as like a home base for me, but it really doesn't matter. So I always got to remind them that, you know, I know you're, I'm having you send me your weight, but I don't really care about the weight. I, I care. Tell me how you feel. Like, you know, do you feel strong? Do you feel energetic? How do you feel after you eat these foods that I have you eating right now? Do you like it? Is it conducive to your lifestyle? Like, these are all things that we have to talk about and discuss because there's so much more to health and fitness than just a specific goal that you're trying to reach and achieve because it is. It's about maintaining that. Nobody ever said, I want to get super ripped and shredded or I want to build muscle or I want to look a certain way to fit in this dress just so I could go back to where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get there and they want to stay there. And if you really want to stay there and you want to you want to live in that place, that health, that balance, that look, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, then there's so much more to that than just following some sort of a plan that someone lays out for you. And, and a lot of that is the, the relationship that you have with food. And I, another analogy I give people is thinking of it like a car, like an engine and all the things that are so important to the engine as far as the timing, the oil, the gas, the, you know, everything has got to be uh, up, fueled up, oiled right. You, you need to have all your levels out balance for the body or the, for the car to run properly. And you start taking those things away or not giving the, the, the engine that it doesn't perform right. Mm-hmm. It may still run. It may still get you from point A to point B, but it's not going to run efficiently. It's not going to add its highest level. So your body's the same way too. I mean, you can get away with not feeding it properly and it still can show you some results or get you from point A to point B, but it's not going to run efficiently for you. And and teaching people how to get their bodies to run efficiently yeah. first and be healthy and balanced is so important to that. That, that, that reminds me, I was <clears throat> I was just trying to kind of look for a good definition. I, I found one, but it's not really that great. But like that's why I've always really liked that word nourish, because it's like it's like the only one I can think of to tell somebody like what do I need to do for a diet? You know, what do I need to do for my body? Uh, like, y- y- like, how do I pay attention to all these signs and signals? And, you know, you have to find the foods that nourish your body that I guess the definition was to provide with the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. It's just basically thinking more in terms of like, you know, what, what is going to benefit me, uh, you know, internally, which is then uh, going to reflect my, my, my exterior body is a reflection of that. Right. And we want let's think about all, let's get real deep here. Let's think about all the things um, that are associated or come with food. There's the obvious, right? Uh, the, 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 the nutrients, the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbs, the vitamins and minerals, the phytonutrients, all the little compounds that affect the body on a physical level. But that's not where we stop. There's much more to food than that. And if that if if, if you disagree with me, then uh, all you have to do is look at any celebration, look at every meal, look at any time you do something with people, it's centered around food because food means much more than just those physical nutrients oh, and macronutrients. a psychological part. There's too. a psychological, emotional component to it as well, which is why we talk about health and fitness all the time People sometimes get the impression that we're food Nazis. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. There is there are definite benefits to celebrating a big you know event like oh my god you just you know it's your birthday have some cake you know is, does cake nourish you on a physical level no it's not good for you will it does it maybe nourish you on an emotional psychological level mm-hmm. it might it might because you're celebrating something like you don't want to be uh, in the in the opposite extreme where everything is absolutely perfect because that's all you ever care about and you're stressing yourself over it right. because that is that is also an unhealthy relationship with food. So there are times when I'll go and enjoy myself. You know, I, I took my mom out to dinner the uh, last weekend and she's going to be out of town now for, uh, for a little while, so I'm not going to see her for about a month. 
So we enjoyed, you know, we, we enjoyed ourselves with the food. We had some bread and we had some, uh, you know, we had a little bit of alcohol and we had, we split a dessert. And, you know, for me at that moment, uh, my relationship to food was understanding that right now I'm using this food as a way to connect with, you know, my mom as a way to celebrate or, to, you know, to tell her I love her or whatever, you know, and that's, that's what we have to understand. So if you're feeding yourself, if you're using that, that type of a connection in a poor way, let's say... I feel horrible about myself. I'm depressed. I'm stressed out. Yeah. Let me eat this donut to find temporary relief. Like you, now you're using that in the wrong way. Just like you can use healthy food in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So there's so much there's that's when we say a healthy relationship to food. It means you understand what food is on all levels and you you knowing this, you can eat it accordingly. It doesn't mean being perfect by any way. Well, it, it just helps to be more educated. You know, about the whole process. All of it. it. Yeah. So that way, you know, you can build a better relationship with it because now you can you can have like rigid structure with flexibility. So the, the flexibility is what you're talking about. That's that's life. You know, you have to have that. Uh, but you still have a rigid structure that drives you. Well, here, there's a big misconception with this. And, you know, this is a, a perfect topic for what I literally just had this conversation yesterday with one of my clients. She's been with me for coming up on five months now. And uh, we've definitely changed her physique a ton, but she still has a ways to go from where she wants to be. And she's currently right now uh, entering phase three of MAPS Black with me. And right where we're at nutritionally, we just came off of consuming 2,200 calories on a regular basis. uh, And I just now reduced her down to about 1,600 calories. So, and we've had this last couple of weeks. Well, back up a couple of weeks ago, and we kind of had this... uh, you know, little road bump for her and she was feeling discouraged. You know, I've been doing this for this long and I thought by now I'd look this way, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I'm making all these sacrifices. I don't get to do this. I don't get to do that. And I said, why, you know, why, why do you say that? Why do you, why can't you do this? Or why can't you do that? Well, because you know, you told me when I do this, that sets me back here and I I won't see the results that I want to see this month. Well, I said, that's all it is. I said, you got to understand something. Uh, the way the body loses and adds fat to the body is a very slow, gradual process. And now, mind you, it's much easier for us to put it on because you can literally sit down and consume 10,000 calories if you tried, you know, where you can't sit down and burn 10,000 calories. So, and you could do that in 10, 15 minutes versus what it would take time wise to do that. So, obviously, it's easier to put it on, but to, to, to lose body fat, it's a slow and gradual process, and you have to first really understand that. And I said, for example, let's let's just take what happened, what we just did with your calories, because she was frustrated at the time. She's like, you know, I get this thing coming up Saturday, and I really want to go drink with my friends and do this stuff, and but I don't want to screw it up, and I feel like you've reduced my calories. We've gone into phase three, which is a lot more volume in black. She feels it. She notices it, and she's like, I don't feel like the weight's like coming right off of me. I said, okay, well... First of all, you know, we're reducing by about five to 600 calories. Plus, you just got done telling me that, you know, since I've given you more freedom with, you know, putting, you know, olive oil and having adding butter to certain meals and this and that, that you haven't been calculating and being super strict about that. So maybe give yourself an extra 100 calorie buffer or more that you're probably actually consuming now that you're not tracking that or paying attention to that. So we're probably more like 1700, but you're still in a deficit. But our deficit now is only three, 400 calories. You know how long that takes? It's going to take you 10 to 15 days before you see one pound of fat that could possibly come off your body. And that one pound of fat is distributed through your entire your entire body. So imagine how incremental and how small that is. Plus, you're lifting a new phase of adaptation right now of our, your training program. So you might actually build a little bit of muscle. So you might actually put like a quarter to a half a pound of muscle on. So we're going to see maybe even the scale go up a tiny bit or you might not see the scale move at all. And you're living in this reduction. So you think like you're you're failing miserably, but all kinds of great stuff's happening inside your body. It's just a much slower process than you think. And then we head into Saturday, and Saturday you want to go have a good time and enjoy yourself. Well, by all means, do that. Enjoy yourself and get right back on your program. But also keep in mind that you're just kind of prolonging that and you're gonna stretch out. There's right. nothing wrong with that. But I think it's the 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 time frame that people are they, they think that it, you're, you can lose because they see all this, oh, lose in 30 days. And that's why I get mm-hmm. so angry when I see those things because I'm like, we're giving people such a bad perception of re- mm-hmm. really how it's supposed to work. So when they relate it to that and then they're going through a real program done the right way for somebody, they're just so confused. on I don't understand. Why am I not losing it this fast enough or why isn't this right. coming to me quicker? And it's like, no, it's a journey. Yeah. You're like, where's where's all these time parameters coming from? Right. You know, like it. 
and it is it, it's marketed that way because of because of stupid shitheads like us in the in in the industry that you know they take that direction instead and they're like you know yeah i can get you this in in, in a couple of weeks and you're going to lose 10 pounds with me you know i'm like that's crazy Look, you're, part, you're already setting them up for craziness part of your job as a uh, a trainer is to educate your clients on this process um your job is not to just give them Oh, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Um, you're not going to be a successful trainer, number one, long term. Um, and number two, you're doing uh, the person a complete disservice. And, and, and we have lots of evidence now to show that uh, metabolic damage or you know, uh, adaptive thermogenesis and the negative happens as a result of this. Look, we used to say, and I used to say this too, if you, if you exercise too much and you eat too little, you'll burn muscle. You're not burning muscle. You know how hard it is to burn yeah. muscle? I love your analogy with the expensive you know, fuel. It's like the most expensive it's fuel. It's the most expensive tissue on your body, yeah. uh, you know, aside from your brain, for example. But uh, your body's not burning muscle for energy. Your body's making you lose muscle. It's adapting to a slower metabolism. Mm-hmm. It's trying to make itself slower. And if you lose 30 pounds in 30 days, that's what you did. You have effectively... Guarantee you, if I tested your metabolic rate at the beginning of that and the end of that, you've significantly lowered your metabolism, and now you're in this really shitty situation. Explain what you mean that mean by that. You know, explain to people what what the body is doing to make it more efficient and more conducive well, the body, to all the exercise that you're giving it and yeah, the lack of food. Right. What you're what you, here's what you've told your body. You've told your body in 30 days, which in in uh, for all intents and purposes, a very short period for the body, but you've told your body, hey. You went from burning, you know, this many calories a day to now burning three times as many calories a day in thirty. Like we just literally ramped up your calorie burn through activity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've taken your food intake and brought it way down on top of it. So now your body's dealing with a situation where it's burning a shit ton more calories, mm-hmm. but it's taking in a lot less calories all and, at the same time. And you're putting a ton more demand on it. So yeah. that's what the yeah all this demand, all the stress. So now your body's saying, uh, okay, it has to burn body fat, but it's at the same time saying. How do we make this body? How do we make this body uh, More operate efficient. on less calories? Because yeah. we need to adapt to this crazy new lifestyle. Right. And the way we, it does we, it, we can't give it so much energy. That's right. And the way it does it is it one of the ways it does it is it makes you lose muscle. Yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get rid of shit that's expensive, and muscle is expensive. Having a lot of muscle, unless your body it weighs really, you, it weighs you down. It weighs you down. It's expensive to maintain. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of energy and blood. Um, it's just. It's just it's a tissue that your body will have if it thinks it needs it. Here's something you need to understand with mm, the with the body. Yes. Your body will only ever be as strong and as muscular as it as the minimum it thinks it needs to be. It will never be more than that. Your body will never surpass yeah. the minimum that it believes that it needs to have. Yeah. It's so, the environment. It's the environment it. that you create around you that tell dictates to your body as to what it needs to overcome. And so, you know, if you're what you're doing on a day-to-day basis is sitting down and and not moving a whole lot, your body's going to make that very efficient. So you're telling your body, oh, wow, I don't need a whole lot of muscle tissue, you know, to get up and down because I don't do it very often. Right. You know, or or I'm so active and eating so little mm-hmm. that rather than having this muscle for it's more efficient to, to just get rid of it because I need to conserve right. calories. But, you know, if you don't believe me, um, you know, here's an experiment I recommend you don't try. But if you really have you really want to experience this yourself, this is what you do. Put yourself in bed and be bedridden for one week. Just lay in bed for a week and watch how quickly your body deteriorates. Mm-hmm. One, we're talking seven fucking days. This is how fast your body uh, will adapt to become more efficient at, at, at when in terms of in terms of activity and caloric intake. You sit down, lay in a bed, don't do anything. Your strength will plummet, and you'll lose you'll lose muscle at a very rapid rate. That's so interesting because I, I was just thinking about this because one of the biggest fears, you know, with old people and like you know like. I've seen this happen to personally with uh, close, you know, loved ones like that once their hip broke, you know, you knew you only had a, a certain amount of time right. left with them. That's right. Because they, they so unmotivated to move, you know, a, most of their motor skills like start deteriorating like almost immediately. So fast. Yeah. What you want to consider too with the elderly is that um, the elderly, their their bodies adapt in the negative sense in terms of making them e- more efficient with calories in terms of, you know, not being expensive with muscle much faster than someone who's young. Someone who's young 
can get away with, you know, uh, burning more calories. When you're older and you stop working out, like if I train a 75-year-old on a consistent basis, let's say twice a week, and they leave for a month and they come back, it's it, it's equivalent to like a 30-year-old who stopped working out for three or four months. That's what I noticed. When they come back, it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. We're going to start you off kind of. And they bounce back pretty quickly. But the older they get, the more that becomes, uh, you know, evident uh, when they stop exercising. Um, so... I mean, these are all important things. You know, when you when you look at food, a healthy relationship. Here's another example. Um, I have another very very close friend of mine, who um, we've you know I've kind of had to hammer into her that she needs to eat a little bit more and be okay with that. Well, the other day she sent me a message and she's like, "Hey," she's like, uh, uh, "She was checking in with me and I said, how's your food today?'" And she said, "Well," and her target is about um, thirteen hundred calories a day. She's like, well, I only ate about a thousand calories. This was like nine o'clock at night, so I'm like, uh, okay, what are you gonna do? She's like, well, I was gonna like force feed myself some fish because I need to hit thirteen hundred. I'm like, well, what do you mean force feed? How do you feel? She's like, I don't, I'm not hungry at all. Like I feel. I said, why don't you just listen to your body? It's okay if you eat, you know, a thousand calories today because you might be more hungry tomorrow, and then you can eat fifteen or sixteen hundred calories. Like this is another level of that whole relationship with food this is why i always recommend people move their macronutrients don't mm-hmm. be so regimented every single day don't be so regimented with your calories every single day and by the way when you eat this way you actually get better results yeah. i've noticed it with everybody that's, that's done this around me where they eat you know instead of eating 1500 calories every single day some days are 20 1200 some days are 1800 so but they average out to 1500 well we've been preaching for a long time now about you know understanding the uh, the process of adaptation when it comes to program design and training but not a lot of people discuss the same thing with nutrition yeah and it's very similar this is, it's the reason why doing the same thing same calorie intake same thing over and over and over every single day is not ideal it is not ideal can it work sure it can work so it can follow in the same training program it could get you some results but if you want optimal it's optimal for you to be constantly rotating foods there you know i want to be careful though that you know we're saying this right now and i feel like all the ifym people are like yeah see this is why we eat this way because it's balanced and you're not always you know, following exactly this, these no, same food. In theory, IIFYM is fine. The way it's being used is not. Well, that's, that's, what, okay. that's I, okay. I, I, I like it. the term flexible dieting better. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I think they were both attached to that. I like somehow. flexible eating better than flexible, flexible dieting. Yeah, yeah, not dieting. You're right. Yeah. Fle- flexible, flexible eating is a better term for it. But here's, you know, um, and here's a little plug for somebody that we follow. All of us follow a guy named uh, Jay Titan. So if you, uh, on Instagram, you can look him up, Jay Titan. Dude is uh, awesome. Probably uh, probably one of the better uh, people out there as far as post. He's a bodybuilder dude. Very direct and straightforward with everything he talks about. He recently just got into a heated debate with Lane Norton, which was fucking... Oh, I saw that. Fucking that was fire. Awesome. Fucking yeah. awesome to read and watch him just... You know, some people, they're not, he doesn't have as soft of an approach, I think, as we do. <laughs> so if you, if you, yeah, if you don't, understatement. yeah, you know, he's probably, if you get offended easily. He's kind of a that. cross between us and Joe Donnelly. So if you, if you like that aggressiveness that Joe kind of delivers every once in a while with uh, our intelligence level, I think it's kind of a nice little, <laughs> a nice little blend, right? Uh, totally, totally love the dude though. Like he's, uh, he's blasting Lane Norton and, and these uh, IFYM people and it, for the exact same reasons that we do, which is, all the chemicals and shit and food that nobody likes to talk about. And, you know, Lane likes to always defend, you know, of course, his IFYM because that's what he stands by and he's doubled down on it. But the more and more studies that are coming out, like Sal's talked about with gut flora and things like that, and we're finding more and more things are linked to cancer. And then you go through these pages of all these people that promote this and like half of their posts are cupcakes and desserts and this and that. That is not a healthy relationship with food. It's going, it's now taking that information that we're saying right now about having balance and rotating foods. And now it's taking it to an extreme to where they're out searching for the next junk food they can yeah. fit into their macros. Right. And that is not any more healthy than the person who eats tilapia and it's not fucking like they asparagus. Just randomly all day. stumbled upon it and they're like, ah, you know, I'm going to just chill for a minute and, 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 eat this because i enjoy this or whatever it's like yeah like you said they're planning actively yes how to fit that into their you know almost everyday routine and i hate it because once again it gives another bad perception to that person who's who's scanning through that is wanting to get in shape they see this super fit girl and uh you know she's looks great and she's strong and 
you know, every other post she's posting is cupcakes and donuts and cake and ice cream and, you know, Ben and Jerry's this with, you know, all kinds of crazy, you know, artificial sweetener desserts on top of it. And it's like that is so fucking unhealthy. I've actually seen posts where they will post like donuts and some other junk food and they'll have it like a split screen. And on the other side is like fruit and like healthy stuff. And they'll show that the macros are the same, you know, same, (laughs) same calories, same fat, fat, carbs and, and protein. And as if they're making the argument that they're the same, they have the same macros, yeah. so you can eat this shit over here, and it's the same as eating this healthy stuff over there. It's not. No, it's not the same. Not no. even close. Which I find is, you have to be an idiot to think that, right? To really yeah. think that you know six strawberries is the same thing as fucking six gummy bears. Yeah. Like just because it, just because the two of them both equal the same amount of calories does not mean that they're the same fucking thing whatsoever. And any idiot that would think that, because I have yet to see a gummy bear tree. You know, I've yet to see. <laughs> I've yet to see. It's not grown naturally in, in nature. I don't think it's going to be even comparable to something like that. So that that stuff drives me nuts, and it drives me nuts when I see that. When these are these are fitness professionals, like right now, I'm talking about someone who they, they just came up on my feed. I think it was about six six months ago. Do you remember when it was when we got into that uh, little tiff with the the IFYM chick? Was oh, that was about six fit, months ago. Fit or girl Kelly yeah. or whatever yeah. her name was or whatever. You know, and, and uh, Sal, Sal, I think she responded to... It was mine. It was she responded post. first to your post, and then it drug kind of all of us in, and then we were going back and forth, and then, of course, I have to look at her page and see, and then, sure enough, she happens... Every to, picture. Yes. Donuts. Literally. Cupcake. And she and hasn't stopped since we talked, which I'm, I, it, it drives me crazy a little bit, because I felt like we had a very good, uh, healthy yeah. debate back and forth, and try to inform her, and then I, th- I think we did a, a, a podcast. Well, no, because right? her defense was like, no, I eat really, really healthy over 90% of the time. And I said, and I looked at her page, and I'm like, okay, you've got you know 20,000 followers, and I don't see any posts of healthy food. So maybe you are, maybe you do everything right, and you've got a good relationship for, with food. But that's not how you're advertising yourself, and it's definitely not the message that you're sending out to all these impressionable whoever you know mm-hmm. that's following you. Right. And anybody who's been a trainer for a very long time knows that this is a struggle. We're talking, and the reason why I bring this up, we're talking about the relationship with food. Normally, people that you get, and when I get somebody who's 60 plus pounds overweight. They have a bad relationship with food, and it's different, you know. And their their relationship is very similar to, and had and I had this conversation with another client just the other day about um, how crazy it is to me that you know because we 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 live in this society that deems like this is a drug, this is not a drug, this is bad for us, this is not, you know that they they decide that they they govern us and tell us what is illegal and what's legal and stuff, and so society says, oh, okay, this is good, this is not bad for me because it's legal, it's, I can get it in the grocery store and we can eat as much of it. But when you think about what how much sugar and how much death is and, and disease is caused mm-hmm. by the overconsumption of sugar but yet it's completely legal and free for people to get and then if you actually break it down even further and i don't know if you guys i've dealt with a lot of people um either related to me or clients of mine that have battled addiction drug addiction i've seen alcoholism i've seen cocaine i've seen uh, prescription drugs i've seen it all like i've had all these people around me that i've seen battle this in my 35 years and you know, when you listen to someone like that talk about their drug addiction, mm-hmm. it is almost identical to listening to someone talk about their addiction to fucking food it's and sugar. It's the yeah. same. You know, they and this whole like the one, the first it's denial, just the same process. They don't think they have an issue. Then they realize they have an issue. And then it's like they have a handle on the issue, but really they don't have a handle on the issue. Yeah. And then they think they can kind of introduce it into their well, life. I every still once need it for like post recovery. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there becomes it's always these things. The, the same conversation is, is, is. Dude, I'll have a client that uh, I'll assess their food and I'll say something to them like, well, you, it, you may have an issue uh, with dairy. Let's try eliminating dairy. And they look at me like I told them. Oh my God, cheese. Have to, I have to get rid of cheese. Yeah, like I have to, like, like I just said, <laughs> you have to sell your children. You know, like, 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 what, what will I eat now? I know I can't cut out dairy. It's like, it's fucking dairy. There's a billion other things you could eat. And you obviously have a food intolerance to dairy because by 3 p.m. you look like you're pregnant and you're farting throughout the entire workout. <laughs> yeah, right, but they what? still want it. But they, but they're just like, I can't, it's impossible. Like, this is crazy. Which is like talking to a meth head. A meth, your teeth are falling out. Okay, listen, this is an issue now. Yeah. I, I know, I know it started off as a, fr- a fun Saturday <laughs> thing with all you your, too. Yeah, with all your friends, right? I'm listening to you guys and I was like oh my god I think I have a cheese problem (laughs) (laughs) fuck why'd you guys have to bring that up you know I I think I'm so passionate about it because (laughs) when we did the whole ketogenic thing it was such a a huge thing for me man and we we always talk about shattering our own paradigms and that was one for me I, I remember 
Sal talking about it, and I was totally teasing him. So I totally sounded like the alcoholic who's making fun of Sal because he doesn't go out and drink because you're a pussy and alcohol is so much fun. Why wouldn't you want alcohol? And you're an idiot. Like, and I m- remember listening to the episode after we aired it. And I went, yeah, "You're really mean." I'm like, "What a douche I sound like right now!" And what a, <laughs> what an addict to carbohydrate. That was, a, that was a, the first time you noticed. What, <laughs> Dick, that wasn't that wasn't funny, Doug. That was, <laughs> wasn't funny, man. That wasn't funny, Not Doug. At all. Yeah, you know what? An, what an addict I sounded like to to carbohydrates, yeah. and because I'm the type of person who who wants to challenge myself in these ways, I thought, you know what? Fuck that! I'm going to do this ketogenic. That just- well, dude, I, I mentioned I'm like I'm dead honest. Like I saw this this show where this guy uh, realized that he was he was like dairy intolerant, and so he went to the to the, get a tattoo of a slice of cheese, right? <laughs> and I and I was dying laughing because I was like, oh my god, I can't even imagine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like wow it, it, like really though it yeah. is it's like oh, well I, I, I love it but it, it's it's on a weird level i eat you know relative i eat pretty high fat and very low carbohydrate most of the time but i purposely for health reasons throw in a vegan day or i'll have a day like today where i'm going to allow myself about 100 grams of carbohydrates because i want that metabolic flexibility i don't want to lose the benefits of the diversity that may give my gut flora um, but also i don't want to get stuck in that crazy you know, mind space. You know, here's something when I here. Uh, this was something I do for my kids too. Um, we eat very healthy compared to most people. However, I know my kids live in the regular world. They live in America. They're going to be exposed to birthdays. Mm-hmm. They're going to be exposed to parties. Eventually, they're not going to live under my roof. Eventually, they're going to go do you know buy food on their own. And the worst, one of the worst things I could do is be so crazy strict on healthy food that when they get the opportunity to go eat and feed themselves, that they do the exact opposite and they eat right. shitty. So I make sure every once in a while, hey, you guys want to have a treat? Let's go get ice cream. Or like McDonald's. My kids will have McDonald's maybe once or twice a year. Why? Number one, I don't like to give them more than that because it's not very healthy. It's fast food. But number two, the reason why it's not less than that is McDonald's is fucking everywhere. And if I completely demonize it then kids get rebellious especially teenage kids yeah. and last thing i want is my kids you know like fuck my you know fuck dad and you know i'm 15 years old i got money and now every day after school i'm eating you know 10 piece chicken nugget type of deal mm-hmm. so it's th- these are all important you know strategies that we we do uh, i you know i'm doing it with my kids i do it with myself and this all falls in that category of a healthy relationship right. with food now we're saying all this right now but i i, I think it's important um and you know Maybe you guys disagree here because we we probably all coach a little bit different. But this is why I am really stringent at first with somebody with tracking at first because I feel like you need to do that. You have to make them aware first. Yes. First, they're just they're, yeah, they're the unconsciously incompetent. Process. Because I yes. feel like somebody – I feel like, okay, you're a new listener. You just started listening to Mind Pump and you're like, you know, someone already told you, like, yeah, listen, these guys are great. They give all kinds of information. They're super good looking and super smart. <laughs> I doubt everybody says that, but <laughs> – well, so someone tells you everybody that. thinks your voice is on my body. Yeah, so. what's up with that? How does we, someone said that Justin and I they get confused? This is Adam speaking. Nobody, nobody, Justin. Apparently, my voice matches my face. <laughs> You're Kermit. Like, <laughs> like narrow and like projected, very ear piercing. Like <laughs> I, I feel like we're I feel like we're all so distinct. You Such would never dick. get a space, but maybe whatever. Yeah. I whatever. Uh, maybe you have a shitty stereo system too. Who knows? Um, but. <laughs> I I make I make these people track at first because I I think it's just it's making them aware and understand the little incremental things I'm talking about that you know it, otherwise they get in this like oh you know if I didn't lose x amount by this amount of time then whatever I'm doing must not be effective like no that's not true I need to teach you and show well, you all- it, 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 what you're doing is you're like I'd mentioned before in a previous podcast it, it reminds me of being passive like being a passenger in the process you know and you're not taking ownership so to to really take ownership is to understand your habits and if you're not going to put the effort into that arena like you know, just like that, that has to be your focus before you even get started. Well, and I, and the reason why I wanted to say this, cause I know, like I was starting to say that we have, you know, somebody who's listening, they don't really know much uh, about mind pump or heard previous episodes. And they're listening to us talk about like, you know, Oh, you know, relationship with food and balance and, you know, having flexibility and different foods, you know, incorporated in there. And, you know, so we're, we're almost preaching against like, you know, the bodybuilding world where you're tracking, you're weighing, you're counting, you're doing all those things. 
which there there's something to take from that that I I, I love and I, uh-huh. and I appreciate and I think is very important to coaching and training that I don't want to get that message misconstrued to people who are listening right now that think like oh well I heard on mind pump like you know that's an unhealthy relationship for me to count or track or weigh. No, or it's do- an unhealthy to, way to live for yeah. the rest of your life. Yes, but you have to become aware for before you can change anything. You need to be aware of what's going on. Like before I can I can fix my addiction to whatever. I need to be like oh fuck. I'm addicted or mm-hmm. so tracking initially it lets people know like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I ate that much sugar or, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, you know, my calories were actually that high or I didn't realize that when people start to write things down, that's funny. Automatically, when people write their food down, they start changing how they eat because they become aware of what they put in their mouth. Yeah, oh. A perfect example of this is, you know, and if you don't think you're somebody who doesn't, you don't think you need to do this. Here's your, your challenge. Okay. For one day, one day after you eat all the foods. Sit down, write them down, you know, and, get, and guesstimate what you think you're consuming macronutrient wise, <laughs> calorie wise, and see then It'll then blow your mind. Yeah, then actually input that into like a fat secret or something like that, and see what it comes out to be, and see how close you really are to that. Most people are so far off; it's unreal, dude. We're good at Absolutely. it, and we are off. Yes. Yeah. When I when I went and tracked mine, I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was eating that much. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, uh, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. Don't forget to go to mindpumpmedia.com. We have the fasting guide on there that we talked about a little bit. Tells you how to fast properly. There's a nutrition guide. Uh, We also have all of our MAPS programs, which are um, expertly programmed uh, in terms of working out, building muscle, burning body fat. You can also find us on Instagram at mindpumpradio. I'm at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.